once again, and welcome back to Have a Seat, Conversations with Women in the Workplace podcast. I am your host, Deborah. Hello and welcome back and happy holidays, seasons, greetings. I am so excited to be with you today. Happy holidays. Um, You know, this is sort of a special show for me because I have... As of this date, the show goes live, I have been working 100% remote for a full year. I know, what? That's crazy. I started in my fully remote position a year ago, December of 2021, and so I have finally come full circle. And I want to tell you a little bit about how I how it's going and how I stay organized as a remote executive assistant. So, away we go. Welcome everybody once again to Have a Seat, Conversations with Women in the Workplace podcast. Thank you for joining me this week. If you are new to the show, I am, yes, a primarily interview show. 99.9% of my shows are in an interview style where I have the absolute honor to sit down with amazing women who are doing their thing in the workplace to share their career journeys and their expertise with you and me. However... Occasionally, I will sit down on the mic and share with you just some personal thoughts of mine, and that's what I like to call solo episodes or mini casts. So they're not episode podcasts, they are episode mini casts. So, and they tend to be a little on the shorter side, though. Those of you that know, you know me, if you've been following me for a while, I do tend to ramble on like a babbling brook, but I promise to try and keep these short and sweet. So hopefully you can just hit play while you are doing dishes, walking the dog, maybe doing some Pilates, whatever it is that you're doing, or just lighting a candle and namasteing yourself through this holiday season, right? I mean, ah! Um, anyway, I love the holidays, but I don't love the holidays. You know, it's kind of like a love and hate kind of thing. It's like, oh, I love all the coziness and all the lights and the magical feelings and all the believe messages and all of that good stuff. But then the crowds and the craziness and the Christmas music that seems to have been playing since August and, you know... <laughs> It's just like, and the Christmas decorations and yeah. So anyway, the busyness of it, not a fan, but the coziness of it, I am. So in whatever way you choose to spend this winter solstice, I wish you well, and I wish you season's greetings and warm thoughts. And if you are in a place of a a challenging time in your life right now, I, I pray for you to have uh, peace and strength to get you through it to the other side. So wherever you land, may peace be with you in whatever form and shape that takes. All right. Well, now that we've got the pleasantries out of the way, let's dive into today's topic, which is how I stay remote how I stay. Yes, I am staying remote. (laughs) So that's not a lie. But how I stay organized as a remote executive assistant. Um, As I mentioned in the pseudo intro to this episode, um, I transitioned to a 100% fully remote position in December of 2021 with an online university. And I am thrilled and excited at how it's been going. And as a matter of fact, I recently told my boss, um, like last week, I think it was, or maybe it was earlier this week, you know, time, (laughs) 
just has no meaning anymore. Um, I, in the, in the span of our conversation, at one point I said these words, I appreciate you because you treat me like an adult. And I think a large part of that has to do because I am in a remote role. If I can just share with you for a few seconds on the why I am team remote for me. Now, I know a lot of you uh, have your thoughts and opinions about it. And I have found that when I discuss remote with other people, it's almost akin to religion or politics. No joke, y'all. No joke. Because it is such a polarizing topic. And I feel like when people ask me, so how's your remote job going? I kind of feel like they are being shady and a little passive aggressive because all they're wanting to do, quite honestly, is for me to give them permission to slam my choice, right? They are waiting for me to open the door. So then they're not really listening. They don't want to know. They genuinely don't want to know. What they want is for me to open the door for them to just ramrod their thoughts down my throat about why remote work would never be for them, the negatives about remote working, and oh my God, I don't know how you do it, and blah, blah, blah. And so I make this recording with a little bit of trepidation because in my experience, as I discuss remote work with other people who are not working remotely, there is a ton of shade thrown and I don't appreciate it. And it's really to the point now where I will honestly tell you, friend or foe, stranger or not, if you ask me, so how is your remote role going? I honestly will say to you now, I choose not to discuss that because I don't think you're coming at me in an authentic way. I will say that straight up. I don't care. You know what? I am 50 something years old at this point in my life, y'all. I do not care. So I don't want to be anyone's doormat anymore. Okay. So I am not giving you permission to lay all your like shady hate on me because you are in office and you secretly are jealous of me and you can't handle it. So instead of having a healthy dialogue and maybe asking me like, how did you find that position? Do you have any advice? I am looking to pivot to a remote role as well and engaging in a healthy, positive needle moving conversation. Instead, you choose to act shady and hateful and mean girl. And I refuse to engage in that anymore. I am not down with that. I'm past all that. I graduated high school 30 some odd years ago. I'm past all that teenage bullshit. So take your little shady behavior away. If you genuinely want to know how I did it and you genuinely want to know how things are going for me and if you genuinely would like some best practice tips or some advice because you are genuinely thinking of pivoting into a remote role, then hit me up. I would love to discuss it with you. Let's hop on a Zoom. Let's hop on a Teams chat, whatever, or via email, whatever it is for you. And I will give you my honest and sarcastic and funny, but lighthearted take on how it's going. Because really quickly, it's going phenomenally. And I'll leave it at that. Hit me up if you want to know more. But today, so rant out of the way. Okay, those of you that follow me know that I love to get sassy. So sassy, deactivated. Okay, um, though <laughs> I can't promise that it won't reactivate at some point in this com- in this in this conversation I'm having with you today. So let's get back to it. So how I have found some just some best practice tips that have worked for me these past twelve months working remotely. 
Okay, so I think the first category I'd like to get into, which might be, you know, kind of the most obvious maybe, or one of the top two obvious. I think the top two is e-file management or file management and communications, right? And then I think personally the third is boundary setting. So let's get into the first one, which is file management. Honestly, it doesn't look that different than what I did in office because in office, you know, maybe I had the luxury of printing out things that I felt were pertinent, maybe in the moment, maybe that side of important that I wanted to have ready at a moment's notice. And I didn't really want to have to rely on technology to pull it up for me. Case in point, the one thing that I, it took me a minute to not want to print out because my knee jerk was to print it out was travel itineraries or like travel information for my VP. In the past, because it happened to me, true story, in the past, I would only print out like not everything, but I would print out like their flight itinerary and their hotel confirmation and then anything beyond that that we made arrangements for, like maybe uh, meeting locations or if I had ordered a car service, you know, that sort of thing. And I printed it out and would have it on in a file on my desk, like at the ready so I could easily grab it. And I did that because A, (laughs) it was just a reassurance that did I do that? Did I check off that? box? Did I even make a flight for them? You know, did I make it a round trip? Did I make it a one way only? You know, that was just a way for me to kind of check myself to ensure in those panic moments, I could just grab that folder, open it up and breathe a sigh of relief. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did that, did that. Because let's face it, many times you're making these travel arrangements like weeks, maybe even months in advance. So, you know, when the actual trip rolls around, you're like, oh shit, what did I, what did I do? What did I do? I put that trip to bed like back in June and now it's November. What did I do for that? You know? So it was a quick way for me to reference what I had already done. And I told you that it was a true story, so I'll just make it quick. Um, I am glad I used to do that because back when I was a special assistant to the president's assistant, so I was a special assistant to the chief of staff, um, I printed out any sort of travel arrangements that the president, that the chief of staff had made for the president because I was always CC'd on them, right? And I printed them out. Well, one weekend, I took them home with me. Like, I printed them out, had them in a folder, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to take it. You know, our president is traveling over the weekend. Uh, just as a backup to a backup to a backup, I'm going to have these at home with me just in case. Fast forward, wouldn't you know, I was called at home uh, Friday evening, shortly after I got home from work, actually, and uh, by the president. Um, I think that for whatever reason, she couldn't get a hold of the chief of staff. Um, I, I can't remember what the situation was. But anyway, I was connected to the president. And luckily, I had the travel information in my hot hands. I didn't have to open up my laptop or grab my phone, wait for everything to load, pray my Wi-Fi was kicked in, you know, all that jazz. So uh, it was really nice to just have those easily at my fingertips, hard copy. I was able to, she actually had to reroute because of bad weather. So I had phone numbers at my disposal. I could call the, you know, after hours travel line and all that fun stuff. So needless to say, I think you guys know what I'm going. Sometimes it helps to have hard copies with you, but in this remote role, I didn't to do that. I didn't need to worry about printing. I have a printer. I have a small little black and white printer here next to me and I don't use it for work. I do not print anything as of yet. You know, that may change moving forward, but right now I do not print anything. 
Um, I have a pretty robust file management system. I have a, uh, we are a Microsoft campus. So I transitioned from a Google enterprise campus to a Microsoft campus. And those of you that know me and have heard me speak on this with Melissa Peoples before, I am team Google all the way. In my personal life, I'm all Google. And it was lovely when I was with my prior university, they were also Google, so it matched. Um, but now we I'm in team, team Microsoft and I'm like, what? So it took me a few minutes to transition to that and I like it. I see all the wonderful tools that are available to me, very similar. Um, so I have a pretty robust OneDrive filing system that I use. I am also a Mac girl. So Microsoft and Mac, they don't always make the best of friends, but I have found a way to work around that. For everything, I use the web. I am web-based, right? My email for Outlook, for OneNote, for um, my OneDrive, for like everything except Teams. Teams, I do use my desktop app because on the Mac, um, I like the interface that the, I'm sure it's the same for PC too, but so that is really the, on, the only two apps I open on my laptop are my Teams app. And then because they are Microsoft Campus, I tend to use Microsoft, is it Edge? I think it's called. Oh no, I think it's called Microsoft Edge, right? And again, it's because I'm using Microsoft resources and tools, so I just sticked with that. I was using Chrome, but I felt like sometimes it just didn't like translate well, especially then you get my Mac involved and you have Chrome and then you have Microsoft. It was like, eh. So I just stick to anything work-related is Team Microsoft all the way. I am web-based with the exception of Teams, which I do pull up um, my desk, my laptop on my laptop for that. So that's what I do. So I kind of jumped around there for a minute. So sorry about that. So I do for file management, I use OneDrive. I have all my folders. And then I have a shared folder that I share with my VP and that pretty much mirrors my, my own file system. But I try to keep in mind as I name the files or as I name documents, I try to be very explicit, very clear because I understand that it's not only my eyeballs looking at them or it's not only my eyeballs trying to find something. So my naming conventions and the way I file them, I really try to keep that in mind. My own files, I file them however, you know, I see fit, however will work best for me in terms of trying to get my fingers on it or my eyeballs on it fastest, right? Um, but so I have, I, I utilize OneDrive for my file management system. And it's really nice because when I go to file, save a document on my Mac, it will ask me where I'd like to file it. And I just throw the document into my OneDrive from my Mac file, my internal Mac filing system. I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about. PC users are probably the same way. So it's really nice that it all syncs together. And then I go over to OneDrive, you know, through Microsoft Edge and there's the document, you know, so it's just really beautiful. So I use that for my file management system. And again, I have my own files and then I have a shared file that I share with my VP so we can access those files together. Um, that same shared filing system that I use with, that I share with my VP is also found within our Teams chat. Our Teams chat has a filing system that maps to that shared file in OneDrive. So 
it is almost like a shadow. It's almost like it's a shadow filing system. So he can access those files either through his OneDrive or through our chat filing system. Again, we use Microsoft Teams. And at the top, you have all those tabs. And one of those tabs is called Files. And that syncs to our OneDrive filing system. So he has access to the files we share through two different channels. I hope that makes sense. So that's a little bit about file management. I know I could probably do an entire show on it and or episode, excuse me, on it. And there are experts in file management and productivity tools that are that could speak to this for days. So I just want to share a little bit about what I have found that I do. The main point of this conversation around file management is I no longer print anything out, everything is online on my laptop now. I, there's as a remote employee, I find that it is very rare that I have to actually print something out. Doesn't I'm not saying it doesn't happen. It's just very few and far between. Okay, file management. That's just a little taste of what it's like for me. Um, and you know, again, files are really easy to share. I either upload an attachment or I attach a link that is that you know that links to a shared document for people to view. We still collaborate much the same way like I did in my Google um, Enterprise. You know, you add people to the document. They can edit. They can view all that stuff. You can send them a link to the document. It's all of that same stuff that goes. So collaboration works beautifully. I have no problem with that. Um, again, I can either email them a link to a document or drop a link in our chat through Teams and they can, they can you know, access the document that way. PDF files, PowerPoint slide decks, you name it, Excel spreadsheets. It's just all very fluid, all very solid. The Microsoft suite of projects worked really well together. They all sync well together. Um, so I don't have a, I, I, so far I have a pretty good filing system in place. Um, and again, I could really do a whole episode on what we do in filing systems, but I really think that's just like personal to you, um, how you like to file things, like how you like to name them, the different um, tips you use um, to file, that sort of thing. So one tip I will share with you that I got this from Melissa People, so I have to give her full credit and I will link to her in the episode, link to her website in the episode. She has amazing tutorial videos on all things Microsoft. She is Microsoft trainer certified. So yeah, she knows what she's talking about. One really cute tip she gave that I, I find is really just something fun that I like to do. I am, I love colors. So back in the day when I was in office and I had like file drawers, I would color code everything. You know, if I supported multiple people, like Deborah was yellow, Patty was blue, Jill was green, you know, like I just, I, I'm a big color person. So anything colorful or fun to help me in my daily tasks, I'm all for. And one fun thing she said to do was that you could insert like little emojis in your filing, in your file names, like in, in as you name a file folder, um, you can like put a little emoji next to it to kind of stand out. So for my travel folder, I have an airplane next to the word travel, travel, right? So like, it's just, it's something fun I do. I don't know, you probably already know to do that, that I didn't know again, you know, I was at Microsoft for a long time, so I had to kind of get reintroduced to all the fun little things you can do. So that, I thought that was really fun. So I do <laughs> have little icons for some on my, not the shared files with my boss, but on my files, I have little cute little icons to kind of like catch my eye. And so I know, oh, okay, that's travel. Oh, okay, that's expenses. Oh, okay, that's budget. Oh, okay, you know, that sort of thing. So anyway, file management. All right. Um, 
that really ha- that really helps me stay organized. Now, overall, okay, um, staying organized as a remote executive assistant, it really is important. It's very important because you you don't have the luxury anymore of like running down the hall and asking somebody, hey, blah blah blah. Or running down the hall and grabbing a folder from somebody or asking for something like tactically, like hard copy things, right? You lose that ability to do that. So it's very important that you stay as organized as you can. Now, again, it's going to look different for everybody. And I don't want to sit here and wag my finger like you must do this and you must do that. Um, I'm just going to kind of give you like a 30,000 foot level. File things in a way or organize things in a way that you will be easy. It will be easy. You can easily find it. That will make it easy for you to find because I have found remote work is a bit of a faster paced environment for me, for me. Again, it might not be the same for you. If you are a remote worker for what I do, it, it tends, it has its moments, right? It's not fast paced all the time, but there are moments when you've really got to be, you know, on it and you've really got to be able to supply information at the drop of a hat. And so filing things or having things organized on your desktop or in your file management system, um, naming it appropriately, filing it appropriately, having a good sense of where things are, having it kind of flow so you can easily grab it and reference it means uh, is going to really help you in the long run. If you, if you tell somebody through like a team's chat, yep, let me find that document. And it's taking you 30 minutes to find it. Hmm. That's a problem, right? You should at least have a good idea, a general idea of where to go to grab it. Um, and then get it and supply that information in a somewhat of a timely manner. And the reason why I say it's fast paced is because when someone, I have found that when someone pings you for a document or information, it's usually, usually, okay, not all the time, but usually it's because they may be engaged in another conversation. And so they sidebar have pinged you because they need something right then in the moment, or at least like fairly quickly. So the faster you can get your hands on it, the faster you can click, click, click your way to it and then click, click, click and drop it in the chat to them or email it back to them or whatever you're doing to get it back to them, the better. Right. And that may not, again, that may not always be the case, but like generally speaking, that's been my experience. So what one thing that I've tried to do in, in relation to having things kind of ready is I've created a pending folder on my, on my desktop. And so documents that I think are, that I noticed that my VP is sort of like having conversations around that are kind of topical, maybe that pertain to an upcoming meeting he's having, or maybe a meeting that, that concluded, but I don't, I know that's not the end of it. Like they're going to have a follow-up. There's going to be a continuation. I try to keep those documents or maybe like travel receipts. You know, I know I'm going to have to like expense these out soon. Let's not file, file, file them away. Let's have them like out ready. Um, I will drop them in my pending folder because it's like these I'm going to probably come back to in the next, like, I'll just say 30 days, right? I'll leave things in there for a full month. Cause you never know. Things might circle back. People might need something. So before I really file it, file it away, I kind of keep it in a pending on a holding pattern, if you will. So I can easily grab it and reference it. And then at the, like the next month, when the next month rolls around, I'll go back into that folder and kind of audit it and see, okay, yeah, yeah. Now I can actually file that away or no, we haven't really circled back on this yet. Let me just leave this here. Cause I, I think that might be coming back soon, you know, or travel receipt 
dates that haven't hit my my you know travel card yet okay let's just leave them in here they haven't hit my travel card yet let me just leave you know that sort of thing so I have found creating sort of a pending holding pattern file where I can kind of throw like, you know, topical or relevant or time sensitive, like in the moment documents in just for a minute because I know I'm going to need those again. Now, it's okay if I file something in OneDrive and boom, you know, I need it again. No big deal. I can go get it. It's fine. But sometimes it's just a little easier to have it right there on my desktop and I can just bloop, bloop, go grab it and that's all it is. So either way, it's fine. I don't have to do that. It's just something that I honestly think is just sort of held over from my brick and mortar days because I had a file folder. It was it's so pretty and I still have it. One of my student assistants, it was an artist and she drew a really beautiful, she took a plain manila folder and just drew a beautiful mural on it. And I still have it to this day. I'm staring at it right now. It's on my desk. And that, because it stood out and it was so beautiful and colorful, that was my pending file. So it acted like it was my hard copy in the moment, current things going on that I'm going to need to get my little fingers on at the moment's notice. That was my pending file. And it was also great because, as I mentioned, I had a student assistant. So if I was away from my desk or gone for the day or whatever, or on vacation or out sick, and she was she was kind of pseudo filling in for me, just kind of keep, keeping an eye on things, catching the phone, that sort of thing, I could reference that folder because it stood out like nobody's business because it was just so beautiful. And I would say, if you're looking for X, XYZ document, it's in the, it's in the mural folder, you know, it's in my pending folder and she knew exactly what I was talking about. So I think that pending folder that I have now electronically, like on my desktop is just held over from those days. So that's really what I do. Um, okay. So moving on because I could, you know, I could talk for days on that, um, is the other, uh, Thing I have learned um, in these last 12 months is communication. Again, this this topic deserves its own episode, and maybe I will. Maybe I will uh, in in the next couple of weeks do a do a sidebar episode on this. But stay. But acting. I mean, acts of communication in a remote role are also key. I said there were three. I think file management, communication, and boundary settings. So um, putting file management to bed for now, we're moving on to communication. And again, this is a really broad topic. And they're definitely, you know, uh, every it's going to look different for everybody and how you communicate, the way you communicate. But I have found whatever, however you deliver, you know, your information, that's totally on to you as long as you deliver it, right? There is no... At least I noticed that there isn't really, um, gosh, I don't know how to say this. It's almost goes back to having things ready in the moment. Communication is key. Even if it's going to take me a minute to get back to somebody on something because maybe I'm waiting for an answer from somebody else, you know, so I can't really deliver what they need right then and there. I don't just like not let them know that, you know, because again, you lack the ability to cruise by their cubicle or cruise by their office or cruise by their desk or pop your head into a conference room or a huddle room and say, Hey, I got your note about X, Y, Z. I am, I have, I've pinged so-and-so about it. As soon as I hear back from them, I'll let you know, you know, that in the moment walking down the hall, you see each other. Hey, Hey, I got your, you know, that sort of moment is gone. And so the, I guess what I'm alluding to is that more informal communication that, hey, I got your note, I got your email, I got your chat message, I got your ping, I got, you know, I'm, I'm, this is what I'm doing, I'm getting back to you. I have found that I needed to, that is something that I picked up 
that I had to like turn on because I didn't have to quote worry about that so much because again, when you're in office, you have those informal, like, Oh, I see you. I'm just going to tell you moments. Those are gone. So I had to replicate those and find a way to still do that. But remotely and using the resources and tools that I have. Our organization uses MS Teams for 100% our communication in terms of like IMs and, and chats and all that. That's how we stay. That's how we chat. That's how we do it. That's how we conduct our business. So um, with communicate, like in terms of like, you know, communicating and talking to each other and everything like that. So um, if somebody does ping me a question and I don't have the answer right then, if I have to rely on somebody else for the answer or I need to research it a bit or whatever it is, I can't just let it go and let that question in the chat just sort of float there, float, 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 you know, for days and not get back to somebody. <laughs> it's like, no, the courtesy is, it's all—it's just a common courtesy, I think, is maybe that's what I'm trying to say here. It, uh, to circle back and just quickly say, hey, yep, understand completely. I'm going to uh, throw this into so-and-so's box, see if I can get some more information, and then I'll get back to you as soon as I learn more. You know, that sort of follow-up something, you know, you just can't ghost them and like never give them any sort of indication that they even receive that you received their note. Right. So I do that again, whether it's through chat or whether it's through an email, if there, if I think there's going to be a slight delay, or if I have to do a little bit more research to get them their answer, I let them know. And let me tell you, I am not exaggerating. 10 times out of 10, I get like a thumbs up back or, okay, great, thanks, or something like that. It's appreciated, right? Because put yourself in their position. As executive assistants, we ping people all day long. We are searching for information and answers all day long or can, right? And so think about if we were the ones who like, which I'm sure it happens, you know, happens to me too. You ping somebody a question and it's like crickets, tumbleweeds. You're like, did they even get this? What do I, you know, and so you send an email or whatever it is, right? Or maybe you try to call them, you know, so um, a little, but when, but those moments when you do get a ping back, like, yep, no problem. I'll get that back to you. I'll get it to you by, by end of day tomorrow. Awesome. Thank you. You know, at least that's something, right? So I try to do the same thing back. I try not to leave somebody hanging. Um, I've learned that as a remote employee, it's very important to do that. And maybe again, it's my role because as somebody who's a support staff, you know, it's just par for the course. That's just what I have been trained to do throughout these many years in this role. Um, Because I was the same way when I was in office too. I didn't like to leave people hanging, but I have found as a remote employee, it's even more important not to do that because you don't have the luxury of those fly-by informal, I see you in the hall, I see you at lunch at at Chipotle, you know, (laughs) you lose that. You lose that like, oh, I got you. I'll see you. You know what I mean? No, no. So you have to find a way to sort of replicate that in whatever that looks like for you. Again, I could dedicate an entire episode to this. I am really just touching the surface, you guys, because I'm sure many of you are like, yeah, but you didn't mention this and you didn't mention that. And I hear you and I totally agree. But for the sake of time, I'm trying to keep this short, but maybe I'll do a, a part two to this and dive a bit more into communication as a remote employee. So... All right, moving on to the third and final topic. Again, I'm trying to keep this short, um, is uh, boundary setting, right? That's probably one of the most important things I have learned these last 12 months is setting boundaries, work boundaries. And what do I mean by that? What I, my hours are currently seven to four because those I support are, I am on Pacific time. 
and those I support are in mountain time. So they are one hour ahead of me. So their eight to five is my seven to four. I knew that going in. I knew that when I applied, I knew that the entire time. That was not, you know, a shock to me. I didn't grab my pearls and go, what? You know, no, I knew that because what did I do? I did my homework. I researched the position. I researched the organization before I even applied for the position. And that's going to be a whole nother episode. So stay tuned for that. But anyway, seven to four, totally comfortable with that. Not a problem. I love that. I'm, I'm actually more of a morning person than I am a late afternoon evening. So, hey, that worked beautifully for me on a personal note. Um, so seven to four, those are my hours. And I know because I, I read up on this again, I did homework on what, you know, some of the pitfalls of being a remote employee. I totally appreciated that the tendency to want to work longer, you know, that work creep, I think they call it. I totally get it. Because there's many, because five o'clock to them, remember, is four o'clock for me. So there's been many an afternoon when I'm like, do, do, do. Ah, man, it's 4.30? What? You know, I'm like, well, I'll just keep going. No, you won't. Stop. You know, I have to sometimes have to tell myself, no, you won't. It is your quitting time. Stop. You know, even though you're, yes, you're working from home in your home office and, you know, you're not anticipating, oh, I got to log out. I got to walk to my car. I got to drive home, yada, yada. And it's so easy just to keep working. That work creep does sit in, set in. I, I totally believe it. It happens and it can happen on the other side too. There's many a morning that, you know, I'm looking at my watch and it's 6.30 for me, but it's 7.30 for them. And back when I was in office, I would get to the office 30 minutes early. I preferred to get there 30 minutes early because I valued that 30 minutes, if I was lucky, right, of quiet time for me to get my head right, get my head in the game, get my computer on, maybe make some coffee for the office or make some coffee for myself, open up, turn on the lights, do all the things. You know, I just, I valued that quiet time. The introvert in me really needed that to recharge and, and sort of charge up to face the day. So there's a lot, there's been many times where I'm like, hmm, you know, at 630, maybe I'll just log on. I mean, I'm up, I have my coffee, I'm ready to go. And I'm like, no, stop. Don't log on. It's only 730 their time. You technically don't have to start right now. You know, go play with your dog, you know, go make a second cup of coffee, check out the news, read your own personal mail, open up your personal laptop and maybe check your own. So there's many a morning where I have to like stop myself and say like, no, 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 no keep to your set hours, you know? So I think that's what I meant by boundary setting is just, it's really, it was, it's really, it was easy for me as a remote employee to lose that sense of like time, you know, because it's so easy just to shuffle into my office, click on the laptop and start working. Wait a minute. It's not even eight o'clock over there yet. What are you doing? You know, stop. And then, or at the end of the day, it's like, well, I can just keep going. It's only like 4.15. No, it's your end of your work day. Stop, sis. Stop. What are you doing? So that's what I mean by setting boundaries. I just have to really be, and I've gotten a lot better at it. I think I struggled with that more in the beginning when I first started, you know, my first couple months, but I have since moved away from that. And now I can really stick to my time, my start and end time. Not to say that, you know, if there's something special, 
special going on if there's an event or, you know, my, maybe my boss has an early morning meeting or, uh, you know, I will log in early, you know, for under certain circumstances or stay, you know, stay on late, like keep logged in past quote five o'clock because, you know, again, something's going on. There's an event. I may be needed. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm in a meeting and it goes beyond quote, four or five o'clock, right? Five o'clock central, four o'clock Pacific, you know? Um, and that's fine. Those are one-offs. That's just the nature of the job, whatever, you know, no big deal that happens. But on average, I've had to really like school myself. These are your hours, girlfriend, stick to them. So anyway, that's kind of what I meant by boundary setting. And uh, there's a lot more I could go on about that (laughs) as well. Um, because we've all heard the downfalls of that. You know, you keep your phone on, you keep your laptop open well after when you're supposed to not shut down and all that. And yeah, that's just not healthy. And I really don't advise that. So again, boundary setting, just staying true to your work hours, knowing occasionally you're going to have that one off where it's going to bleed, you know, that whole work creep is going to happen and that's fine. It happens, but those should be the exception, not the rule. Right. So anyway, all right, well, this is already long enough and there were a couple more things on my list, but again, in the, in the spirit of trying to keep this short, um, I will stop here. There is definitely a couple more items on my list. So as I mentioned, maybe I'll do a round two to this conversation and touch on some of the other things I've noticed as a remote employee. But I think you get the gist of it. Those are just some of the things either I am doing, some best practices I wanted to share, and just to kind of uh, give you a little insight, a behind-the-curtain look into how things have been going and what I have learned since I transitioned from brick and mortar. And one last thing I would have to say, and this is what I would ask if I was a guest, like if I was hosting somebody right now and I was asking them I would find I would ask them this one final question so I'll ask myself this what do you miss most about being in office okay so that's what I would ask somebody who was on my show since I am also the guest on this show I will answer not a damn thing okay okay I said it um (laughs) sassiness activated again I told you it would um no I honestly do not miss a thing and and you can come on the show and challenge me all you want on that and I will I will tell you quite honestly there is not one thing that I can honestly tell you oh I miss fill in the blank there's nothing there's nothing I miss I am so fulfilled and have such a feeling of accomplishment and success and um, work satisfaction job satisfaction I am incredibly happy I feel this is where I need to be in, in this season of my life right now I love the people I support I admire and respect my organization it's just it's amazing it's amazing for me and um, I'm really really so humbled and grateful that I was able to make that transition so there you have it. All right. Well, um, there it is. Uh, that's my take on how I stay organized as a remote EA. It was sort of that topic, but plus, right? It was like how I stay organized and then a few of my own personal thoughts. So thank you for bearing with me. If you stuck with me this long, um, as always, you know, I like to end the show on a quote. So this quote is, um, by Martin Luther and it goes like this. Even if I knew that tomorrow the world would go to pieces, I would still plant my apple tree. All right. All right, y'all. Thank you for listening. And as always, stay safe, be well, and remember, keep having those conversations. 